change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. Hello, my friend, this is Lou Blazer, and we are in episode five of the Second Breaks podcast. And today I'm very excited to introduce you to Shane Moran, who used to be a cop, a detective with the New York City Police Department. And uh, very specifically, he was with the scuba team. And if, if I uh, I read somewhere that the scuba team is is an elite team, it's one of the few, if not the only full-time law enforcement, dive rescue and recovery teams in the country. And uh, it handles everything that can possibly happen in and around the water, from air to sea, helicopter rescues to scouring sewers for explosives and it presides over one of the toughest environments in the world, you know, the 500 miles around and under the waters of New York City. So, I mean, Shane, you can say he's a tough guy, right? He's not at all risk averse. He's used to taking risks. I mean, he jumps out of, he jumped out of helicopters for a living, right? And yet, when he decided to quit that exciting and adrenaline pumping world, uh, for the equally exciting world of business, he still took the time. It was a different kind of risk for him, right? So he he took his time and he took a very diligent approach before committing to early retirement so that he could devote his time to his growing business. In this episode, Shane and I discuss how he weighed his decisions to leave the police force five years shy of full retirement. So he talks about the ramifications of that decision, leaving, you know, uh, a lot of money on the table because he's walking away from full-time pension so that he could run the growing health and fitness company that he co-founded with his, uh, with his partner, Emma Galant. So with that, let me uh, transition you to this conversation with Shane, and then I'll catch you at the back end. Shane, thank you so much for joining us here at Second Breaks. Thank you for having me. I was wondering, would you mind so much uh, maybe giving a little bit of introduction about who you are and then what we could maybe start with who you are today and then we'll walk backwards, find out what you were doing before then. How's that? Sure, sounds good. Uh, my name is Shane Moran and I'm a co-founder of Goji Fitness, uh, which is a fitness nutrition company uh, based in Brooklyn, New York. and We make a product called Zenberry. Um, I'm basically, you know, we, me and my partner, we, we wear many hats and um, I'm kind of R&D, marketing, production, you know, we, we do a little bit of everything. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot at times, but we, we, we uh, bounce stuff off each other and uh, it works pretty well. Uh, I think you've only been doing this, what, three years maybe or four years? or I can't remember. Yeah, the company was formed a little over three years ago and... Um, we had both had day jobs <laughs> and uh, my partner went to the business full time first and um, then I, I left my career a year later probably. Uh, I was, a, I was a, a detective with the New York City Police Department. Uh, I was in for 15 years roughly and I was a, a detective with the NYPD scuba team so we did... Um, Search and rescue, uh, evidence searches under the rivers, under the 
all the water, we patrolled all the waterways in New York City. And uh, we were, we had two divers on the helicopter 24-7. So it was, uh, you know, not the, the usual career for <laughs> most people. I was in scuba for 12 years, roughly 12 years. And uh, it got to the point where it was very busy to do both, you know, the business and, and my, my day job, day and night job, because we did shift work. We worked overnights and then days. So it was a lot, a lot of stress. I can just imagine, because you were full time, full time with NYPD then. Yeah, yeah, and we worked twelve-hour tours. We worked overnight from seven p.m. to seven a.m., and then we'd have a few days off, and then we'd do seven a.m. to seven p.m. Oh so my goodness! So you're constantly shifting gears, and you're trying to get things done during the day after you worked all night long. It it, it wears you out. Um, and I'm not as young as I used to be, so I started to feel the the hours. Um, when I was younger, I, I didn't feel it as much. Uh, you know, you go you work all night, and then you come go take a short nap, and then you're you're good to go. And as I hit my forties, it wasn't so well, easy. Oh, you look like you must be blessed with with great genes because you look like your people are gonna watch this video are gonna say, "What is he talking about? He looks like he's 23. <laughs> I'm, I'm forty three." Actually, I'm gonna be forty two on the sixteenth of March. Oh my goodness! So, um, I mean, I'm, you are blessed. <laughs> I, I, I think it's the sunblock. I, I keep sunblock. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So, um, I'm just curious, but when you said you were in the scuba team, does that mean the Hudson River? Is that East River? Is that what yeah, where yeah, you were? Yeah, covered- yeah. We covered all the waterways all around New York City, and we even got deployed to you know other other agencies that may not have had a a dive team available. We'd go pretty far. We've been in the helicopter. We've been as far you know south you know down to the shore in New Jersey. Um, we've had special jobs where we've actually gone you know up north and different places where we we've, we've been requested by other, but mostly in New York City, all the lakes, rivers, ponds. You know, I've been under most of them. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness, how interesting. In good weather and some really bad weather. So, yeah. Like even in the icy winter New York yeah, weather. Yeah, we dive all winter. Um, gets a little complicated when, you know, a few of the winters we had a lot of ice on the rivers, you know, ice flows. Gets real dangerous that you can't really dive because those things weigh tons. So... My uncle was a police officer. I think I had a, a he was the only police officer. You know, he married into the family to my, my aunt, and it must have made a big impression on me as a little, I was seven years old, I think. And I was like, wow, you know, little kids, I went with cops, firemen. And um, it grew into something more mature later, and I went to college, got a degree in criminal justice, and, you know, wanted to be in law enforcement. And I... You know, I grew up in the New York City area. I was just over the George Washington Bridge in New Jersey. And so this was, you know, the metropolitan area. So I wanted to be in, in the city. And in 2000, I got on the, the job. And I was in the South Bronx on patrol before I got into scuba. I didn't even know there was a scuba team until I was already there uh, as, a, as a, a police officer, a rookie police officer. And somebody came and said, hey, we're taking a t- we're giving a test. It's a really difficult physical test to get in. Um, mo- only about five percent can pass. So I was like, "Yeah, hey, I'm in good shape. Let me try." Because patrols very stressful. It's it's uh, you know it, it's one of the most important parts of the police department, but it's got the least amount of prestige and it gets the most amount of stress. Um, but you also do the most amount of good too. Um, 
but it was wearing me out after it being an intense, an intense, busy, busy uh, place. Um, I, I was looking to to see other things and do other things than than stay on patrol. And the opportunity came up. I uh, and I really didn't think I was going to get picked up because I was so I was only had three years on the job. And I took the test and I did great. The written test is really difficult. I passed that. You had to be a diver before, so I had some experience diving. And they picked me up and in 2000, summer of 2002. And um, I was there for the next 12 years. Well, it was time to, to move on. Now, I mean, just as a general um, question, people who normally retire from the police force, what's the normal path they take after that? I mean, certainly not going into business probably. It, it's not many usual. do, actually. Many, many. I, one of my instructors in the academy had his own business while he was already there, you know, and he told every one of us, make sure, you should work. You should work, make your own business while you're still here because you have benefits, you have solid pay, you know, it's, it's steady work, you're not, you know, and he says, create a business for yourself because after you retire, it's not like you're on easy street, you know, it's not like, well, I'm a millionaire now, I can just sit back. And if you have a kid in the house and your kid's going to college, you're going to need more income. He says, you got to set, set the groundwork to prepare for that. Um, if you do everything perfectly and you have, you know, you invest well and you have your, your you know, 457 is ready to go and you maxed out and everything you can possibly do. Maybe you can just never have to work again. But inflation eats away at your pension gradually, you know. So 20 years after you retire, the, the money you're bringing in isn't worth what it was when you retired. So you got to plan for that. So I always had a mindset that I wanted to, I had this itch when I was, I guess my whole life, as I had this itch that I didn't know what it was, but I think it was to be an entrepreneur, to be my own businessman, you know, to, to run my own company, not have anybody tell me what to do as, as risky as that can be and stressful. Um, I always felt that there was, and I didn't realize it until later in my career. And I, then I knew I wanted to own my own business, but I didn't know what. And so how did this come about? This, uh, was this the first opportunity that you had, uh, branching into entrepreneurship, Goji fitness, or was there, was there something else that you maybe tried before this? No, this was actually the first, and it really was my partner Emma, who, you know, had a great career of her own, and 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 she started. She was always interested in health and fitness, and she taught spin classes on the side, just partially for fun. And and it's so why why not get paid to work out, and, and then rather than actually pay to go take spin classes. And she really enjoyed being in front of the um, the class and teaching and designing. You know, so she. She kind of, and then she got into nutrition and went to school and graduated and, and it kind of just grew from there. She's like, I want to create a business. We started, and I was working with her, creating the name, doing the little things. Um, and it started from there and she was doing that on her own, both things. And she's like, it's doing pretty well. I think I want to leave. And this is kind of the, in her other career, it was kind of like either she's got to go all in or she's got to give up the business because just the way that it worked, you either had to put everything in and you can't even deal with the business because it's against procedures, uh, policies. Uh, and so she had to make a choice and she's like, I'm taking the hard choice. I'm like, I, I backed her up on that. I said, well, you, to be happy, you've got to be happy. I've always believed that, you know, you've got to figure out what makes you happy and do it. Um, so she did that and I'm still in my career. And then we created a product called Zenberry. Um, which I was getting more and more involved with. 
which is a, it's like a it's a vegan superfood nutrition powder that's actually has no junk in it and tastes good and I'm an athlete. I'm a competitive athlete. I've been racing bicycles for about 12, 13 years now. And so I've always been looking at nutrition. This is why you look like you're 23. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I've seen a lot of cyclists that I, that I, I know. They all, I, we all look a little younger than... than <laughs> there you go. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. So I got more involved with that. And... It started to become fun. I was really unhappy at work, mostly due to the schedule. Um, so I wasn't happy, and it was it, it, it took a long time for me to kind of make that decision. But it was getting to the point where I either had to walk away from Zenberry and just forget it because it was just getting too big. And then it may not have even continued because Emma was so busy with the other half of the business. Um, so it got to that point where same as she was, you know, it's kind of like, what do I do? And as on, if I were super happy with the other part of my day job, um, I probably maybe would have tried to tough it out or, but I was really looking for a reason to, to leave. So. so it was like, if I understand you correctly, it was like whether you would stay on till maybe reach the 20 full year, yeah. like finish the, the full 20 before you left the fours. Or is this the time to make a jump and, and, and leave and, yeah. and you chose the latter, obviously. Yeah, which is a, a scary thing when you're that far into your pension and you have such a secure job and benefits and you don't get that very often anymore in this country. Uh, and even police officers today here in the city don't get what we had, what I had. The, it's 20, now I think it's 23 or 25 years to retirement. There are a bunch of things with the pension that are different, so they're not getting get as good a deal as we had before. Uh, so to walk away from that, it was a huge, huge risk. And I left a lot of money on the table. And it's, everyone's telling me, you're crazy. What's the matter with you? You're, you're insane. Um, and it wasn't like I just went, ah, I'm leaving, bye. You know, it was a very, very long process and I wrestled with it for yeah. a year. For a year before you year made the final decision. Yeah. really did it. Was, was there an opportunity to do part-time? Was that even, like, it, are you allowed to go part-time no. in the force? So yeah. you're in no. or you're out. I even looked at okay. trying to find a different place to go in within the police department, out of scuba maybe, to um, get a different schedule. But then if I got off that shift schedule, I was going to be kind of working business hours. And then how do I work? And that's five days a week. And so we, we worked in scuba three days on and then you had three days off. And then you did nights and then you could do work during the day. So a lot of guys would love the schedule because it, while it's exhausting, you could actually do a pretty good side business because you had so much free time, although you work just as hard and just as many hours, but it's kind of the way it's structured. You're not there five days a week. Um, so it, it, I looked into that, to, but it would have maybe made me a little happier in that career path. But not, I wouldn't be able to do Zenberry. I wouldn't be able to continue into the business as much as I have. Now, by then, the business was, was Emma by then full time in the business yeah, before, already, or was she still? She was okay. out, she left a year, at least a year before I did. So she was already in there okay. full time. Um, okay. Doing things. And we were, you know, most businesses, the first few years, you don't, you don't usually do well. You may, usually don't even break, break even. And we were, turning us you know a profit you know so it was it was encouraging 
That's good. So you were, I'm sure your colleagues probably in the forest are probably saying, what are you thinking? What are you doing? There's just five years left. Why don't you just exactly. finish it? And you know, that kind of stuff. And so, and I don't know, I mean, obviously you had a partner that was supporting your decision. Uh, and, but how did you manage, I guess, because that's, that's what I find when I talk to people who are making this decision. That's one of the most difficult things they've had to face is that, you know, family and friends, sometimes they, they try to not, <laughs> they try to tell you, don't, don't leave your stable thing. I would say right? 90% tried to talk yeah. me out of it. Yeah. Um, How did you manage that? What, or what was going on in your head when you were making that decision? You know, it was difficult, especially with my background. I mean, my family, we were, you know, working class, you know, middle, you know, lower middle class. When I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of money. It was, Basically, my my family were you know plumbers and electricians and construction workers and mechanics. So it was. He's like, you got to work. You work for an hour. You got to pay for an hour. You do. You know, it's kind of drilled into my head. It's in my it's in my being. You know that. So even today, when I'm doing the business, it's kind of like I feel like even though I'm working 16 hours sometimes, I feel like I didn't work because I maybe I'm still at home. Number one, and, and I may have been doing stuff on a website or online or. And you're like, did I really work today? Because my, my body's telling me, no, you should be swinging a hammer or putting, punching a clock. And so it's hard to get your brain away from punching, punching a clock, trading your hours for the, the money you're going to get. Whereas the building your business exactly, part, when, right? When you have exactly. a business, it's kind of, it's a totally different mindset. So it was difficult to even contemplate that. Emma's got a different point. Her, her father's a lifelong entrepreneur. You know, so she has this whole. She's seen businesses from a little child. Him build businesses and then, and then, um, you know, sell them or go move on to something else and and build. And he had an amazing, amazing, uh, you know, business life and retired early and and is very comfortable. So she has this different way of looking at it, where it's a little more normal for her than for me. But it was difficult and took me a year of sleepless nights. <laughs> Of finally, you know, when you go down to the pension section, you sign off going, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> and it's, it's a stressful day. And you're like, okay, now what do I do? Did you do anything else to sort of help you uh, get acclimated to this new life um, that you're building? Uh, well, before I left, it took a, I did a lot of research. I, you know, really bounced the idea off a lot of people. Um, and we, we've made mistakes throughout. Anybody does when you're in, in a new business. And, uh, but uh, having that, I knew that when I, would have in, you know, when I would have reached my retirement, I will be getting partial retirement and my benefits. So I know there's a, there's a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, meaning that it's not going to be scraping by just on what we make in the company. That I do have something coming, so it's not like I'm just on my own, like many people would be, like like Emma is. Um, and we 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 have some real estate, we have the house we own, you know, we have we have certain things that are there, but it's still a huge risk. And I've always been a risk taker, though. So I've always, I mean, we jumped out, I jumped out of helicopters into the East River for a living. So <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not risk averse. <laughs> But uh-huh. financial risk is a little different, you know. When I, I went to college mm-hmm. and I paid my way through college, I was in debt for a long. I didn't pay. I don't think I paid off my college loans until I was thirty-eight. So I know what it's like to be living from paycheck to paycheck. So I I knew I was very comfortable where I was, although I wasn't happy. 
So I, I was like, I was really looking for happiness. Money has never been a huge motivator for me. It's not like I'm chasing dollar bills everywhere. I was always looking for happiness and I knew I wasn't happy. It wasn't that I was just unhappy with my job. I knew I was doing the wrong thing. I knew this, this job, I had done my job. I'd done a lot of good things with the job, but I knew that there was something else in this world for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I was It's like you you probably evolved, right? So yeah. there was a part it was a part in your life where that was what you wanted and then a, you know, you evolved to wanting to do something else or being something different. Yeah, I felt like I could contribute more somewhere else. I was kind of bored where I was and tired and not having fun and it was it was it was, you know, trickling down into my relationship like it wasn't fun. I wasn't fun to be around when you're exhausted all the time. If you're walking around like a zombie, it's hard to have fun. Um so usually only like six days of the month, I would feel like a normal person. <laughs> you know, uh, the rest of the time I was just usually just felt like you've been up all night or just recovering from that. So th- those things, and I, I felt it was, it, it was, uh, you know, harming my health, that sleep deprivation, which doing some research bef- long before this, they, they sh- studies are showing that shift work like that is actually a carcinogen. It actually shortens your lifespan. So, oh, you know, okay. I've done... <laughs> I think the longest I was awake was three days. I was like that for years when I was in my corporate job. Uh, yeah. It's... I got by with, and I, I wore it like a badge. Like, oh, I get by, you know, with four hours sleep or five hours sleep. I wore it like a badge of honor or some yeah. sort that I could, yeah. It's, a cra- it's crazy. <laughs> now, exactly. it took me a while to get used to it. I, I suffered from insomnia really badly because of the shift work and, it took me a while, about a year before I started to feel in a routine again. I still hit, insomnia still hits me sometimes when I have some stress and, and then I'm awake. I, there's no, no way I'm sleeping. But I, I've kind of gotten into a routine where I usually get seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And it's, I haven't done that in 15 years because it's, I've always been doing like shift work. It's never been eight. I go, okay, I go to bed every night at the same time and I wake up at the same time. Never, it was never that way. It was always different. Um, it took me a while to get used to that. Um, but it was um, a major adjustment to leave that because you, you kind of have your identity a little bit wrapped up to, into it too and then come to this and you're kind of like, okay, what, do I, what am I? It's like I have, do I have a, like I, I rattled off some of, the, some of my titles, but do I really feel like I'm head of marketing? No, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, the, the one thing I do know I, I really feel is when we're in production and when we're producing Zenberry at our organic kitchen and, it's you, you, then I know I'm in charge because then it's much more of what I've been, I was raised like. It's like okay, we're taking these ingredients and we're doing this. We're lifting boxes, we're mixing stuff, we're packaging, putting labels on. It's like and then you're done. I'm like whew, we're done. Okay, ah, I feel like ah, it was a day of work. <laughs> you know, not that the other stuff isn't work, but it's more like blue collar work that I was used to my whole life. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, so was looking back, though, Shane, was the financial risk part the biggest challenge that you faced when you were making that decision or was, was there something else at you know if you were to think back to the time when you were you know trying to figure out do i do this now do i wait five years from now is it was the financial risk financial risk the was biggest the, the biggest um, okay because not so much your paycheck every day but it's just the the, the amount of uh the, the amount of money okay, well, if you figure if you live you know, to be 80, 85, how much, you do the math of how much that pension is worth over that time period, you know, it's a million dollars, several million dollars. And you're, 
you know, depending on how long you live. And to walk away from that, leaving a big percentage of that on the table that you have no right to, you know, even though you put in the time, you got to reach that benchmark to get that. And I understand that. Um, but that was, a, but as long as I had things secure, like I, I have, I have a condo that I, that I own, but I had, I love it. I love the area it's in. I rented my beloved condo out like about a year before I left. Um, and I st- still rent that out, you know? So it, it's like, I, there's certain things I sacrificed. You know, a Brook, I'm in Brooklyn full time, but before I was split my time between Brooklyn and then outside of the city. And um, now I'm in Brooklyn full time. It took a big adjustment. Although I've lived in the city before, it was a big adjustment at this point in my life to be back here full time. Uh, my family and most of my friends are outside of Brooklyn. So it's, it's, it, was, it, was, it was tough, but the biggest one was the financial to make sure that, okay, things are okay. Um, I saved every penny. That's the other thing. I, I, before anybody jumps into starting your own business, like have a really good nest egg ready to save you or sustain you for the lean times. Um, so I, I packed away every penny I could, um, saved everything I could, uh, just, just, yeah, just hard cash just to have in case in savings and besides, you know, retirement and stuff like that investments, but this was like, you know, liquid ready to yeah. go. Excellent insights. Yes, absolutely. Because that's the only way that, I mean, you, that's just the only way to sort of manage that that risk, right? Or that and the stress fear associated. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay. exactly. I have enough money liquid that I can sustain my basic living standard for a year or two, you know, better mm-hmm. for two years. And then, and then every month that you don't have to touch it, you're like, yeah, it's a win. Yes. You know? Right. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. And then whenever you do touch it, I always try to put it right back, you know, if I ever do. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but it, absolutely, because it, otherwise you can't focus, if you're always stressed about that, um, uh, you, you can't focus on building the, the the new career that you're building or the new business that you're building, right? That's, yeah. that's great. So, um, so with, with, so then you made the decision to quit and, and now you're full time. You've been, you've been full time with Goji Fitness, I, I can't remember, a year, there, two years now? It'll be a, it'll be two years in June. Uh huh. Yeah. And, um, what does, what does a day look like for you? Um, without the diving into the icy water. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I get up in the morning. I usually, you know, I, I, make my tea and my breakfast and I come right to my computer and start checking email. Sometimes, actually, I, I'm guilty of this. As soon as I wake up, I'm in bed on my phone checking my emails, sometimes responding to them as you're laying there. Um, and, and I'll start with that, checking emails. Uh, and then what, every day is kind of different because you never know what's, what's in store. We always have different projects and promotions. And, I, and my main focus is Zenbrae, but I'll also help Emma with a lot of the other things with the fitness. We shoot videos. We... You know, there's all the logistics behind everything, responding to emails. Um, and then I'm always working with designers. I'm always working on new projects, new formulas. Um, so it's kind of like we have these products that are ready, are going, but I'm still working on new ones coming up. And, um, and then it's just, there's always constant, you know, licensing certifications. You know, you deal with lawyers and, and uh, a lot uh, of marketing thing, you know, thing. Yeah, because Zenberry is is considered a, a food. Yeah. Or a, so, yeah, so, right. Uh, so it's FDA regulated. No, it's F- we're uh, USDA, and we're under the yeah, New York okay, gotcha. Department of Agriculture. Uh, ah. So yeah, you get, like actually tomorrow we we have a uh, um, we we when we move kitchens, you know, we we 
today they're, they're, a lot of them, a lot of people use shift kitchens because you know, when you're, you're a startup, you don't you don't have a hundred fifty thousand dollars to build a commercial kitchen, or the you don't need a commercial kitchen every day to so rent one monthly. So what you do is you rent a space in a, a large commercial ki- kitchen. They're called um, food incubators. They're all over Brooklyn and Harlem. Um, so we, we moved from one that was in Sunset Park. We moved to one in Long Island City. And but when you move, you gotta you have to get re inspected, even though you passed the inspection the first time, because they figure like you moved, like say you moved your business to a new, you know. So I understand why that's still set in the old way, but so we gotta go through the. So tomorrow I have to meet the inspector. We go through the whole thing, and so I handle all that, the inspections, all the certifications. Um, and then when we produce, um, you know, it's like I explained, we're in the kitchen mixing, you know, I do all the ordering ingredients and I was going to say, so the business, Zenberry, that's the primary, so it's a part of the, the primary business is a product based business, right? Well, so it's, it's, the, a, it's a 50, 50 about uh, Goji fitness is the parent company and, mm-hmm. um, Zenberry is a product that we make. So gotcha. Goji okay. Fitness is, you know, personal training, um, nutrition, counseling, health, the wellness, wellness overall wellness uh, sort of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. everything um, to do with that, and then and then we have Zenberry as a product that we created with a partner of ours, and uh, and it's people love it. So it's 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 been growing and expanding, and you know, it's it's a constant constant um, learning process of getting through distribution and you know it's just it's it's a fascinating wow and um when you you because i you didn't buy zenberry like you didn't purchase an ongoing business right you started, yeah, yeah, this, started from this from the beginning from the scratch i actually created the name i i actually <laughs> um i take credit for that yeah it's really difficult <laughs> creating a name i'm sure you know oh yes going through, yeah, you have to go yeah. through the, the trademark <laughs> office you're like ah it's taken you go these sorts of websites ah it's taken right Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you were um, you were in the force, and you were in NYPD before, and then Emma was in uh, business. Where did you get? Where Where did this product development of Zenberry come from? Like, what was the initial inspiration um, for that? Do you remember? Yeah, we were. I mean, I was always making smoothies. After I'm a competitive cyclist, so after a long day of riding, you really want to replenish your your nutrition within 30 minutes after you're done. Um, so in order so you can recover, the better you recover, the more, the more you can ride, the harder you can ride, and then the stronger you'll get. So I was always mixing concoctions and some of them were horrendous. You know, you feel like, <laughs> why did I put that in there? Um, and Emma was interested in that too because of um, – just the nutrition aspect of it. And uh, another nutritionist friend of, of Emma's and now mine, um, had, we worked together and created this formula. It started out with two. Um, and now we have four, four different ones. Um, we wanted something that worked and didn't have junk in it. Cause if you really look at the labels and you read things, a lot of them don't, aren't that good for you or they have just too much sugar or the wrong kinds of sugar or, fillers or some sort of chemicals or there's dairy in there. So we wanted to create something and there are a few out there that, that worked, but they just tasted terrible. So you're right. just trying to get them down. I know. I tried some. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that was the inspiration for that. And, and theirs was the nutrition and health aspect of mine too, but 
and mine was kind of, I had the athlete input, like does this stuff work for athletes like me who ride, I ride my bike 12,000 miles a year. Do, is that going to, going to help me recover better? And I've been a vegetarian for uh, 12 years now. So I'm almost vegan, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a vegan. Um, but I eat very little dairy, um, I eat fish occasionally, uh, but no meat. Um, so I, I, the vegan aspect of it was really fascinating to me. And like, can, cause the first thing anybody asked me, especially athletes, where do you get your protein and how can you compete if you're not eating meat? And, you know, you look at the, the research and the data that vegans perform just as well as, as omnivores, you know? So um, I mean, if you're a healthy, if you're an unhealthy vegan or you're an unhealthy omnivore, that's not going to help you. So a lot of people focus on unhealthy vegans. They're, they can barely walk up the stairs. I'm like, well, they're, maybe they're not eating the right foods. You know, just don't <laughs> care as a whole to the one person. Just because just you're a vegan doesn't make you healthy, Yeah, and, and if anything, I've, uh, I've, I feel I've, been, I've gotten better and faster and stronger. Gotcha. My weight's much more stable um, as, a, as an athlete. So is Zenberry, are they um, supplements or meals in and of themselves? Like it's, how do you... It, it can be either. Um, it's, okay. it, it can be, it, it's very, that's one of the things I like about it. It's very versatile, especially for someone like me who sometimes I'm doing a four-hour ride. I need a lot of calories. And then when I'm getting close to big races, I, I really try to get my weight down as low as I can. And a lot of people don't think that, oh, you ride so many miles, you can eat whatever you want. It's not the case. Um, your body gets adapted and very efficient at whatever activity you're doing, especially in endurance sport. And so I need fewer and fewer calories to go those miles, um, which is bad because I do those miles and then I still will gain weight. <laughs> and then if you stop doing those miles, you gain weight pretty fast unless you adjust your eating. Um, so Zenberry by itself has between 70 and 80 calories if you mix it with water. So it's great for people who are trying to lose weight or just, or just want to have a, a, a supplement. They make sure they're getting everything they need. And then if you want a little more, you want to make it more of a meal replacement, then you use, I use almond milk. I'll throw some nuts, some hemp seeds. I always throw a banana, some fruit. So after a big long ride, I'll, I'll load that up into a, like it's almost, it's a meal. It's got, it still has the things I need in it. And, and the thing I like about it, it still tastes good. We actually, we, uh, before we went and produced, uh, a few weeks ago, I we had run out of our own personal supply of Zenberry, <laughs> and Em and I were like, "Oh my god, I'm dying!" So we're trying to like <laughs> make our own smoothies with other stuff until we went and made our made our next uh, production, and it just right. didn't. Work. We're like, "Wow, we really are spoiled." <laughs> we were just like, "Zenberry is re really good." <laughs> we were, yeah, we were amazed that uh, you know we've gotten so used to it. So people who are interested in checking them out, are they available in stores or just through your website? Well, or how do people find out about we have one. We have a, a studio in Tribeca in New York City that sells. So it's called Aqua Studio. It's on Franklin Street. Um, uh, they, they sell out of there. It's, an, it's like a really unique underwater um, cycling. So it's, it's, a, it's from Europe. It's really, really – I've taken one or two classes. Emma teaches there. Um, and uh, they, they carry our products there. And it's, uh, we're, we're looking to expand into um, other, other areas. But yeah, it, distribution's tough. It's, it's, it's a process to get in. And, and it, it's, uh, especially in New York, it's very competitive. So we're, we're in the process of get, getting those things into, into stores more. But mostly we sell online. We sell internationally. 
And yeah, I was gonna say and, and ship it anywhere, yeah, right? Yeah. So right. So one, uh, maybe one last question, if you don't mind, Shane. Uh, a lot of people who listen or watch the uh, second breaks, my audience, are usually people who are thinking about pursuing a career, a different career, pursuing a dream, you know, something that they've always wanted to do or something new that they've discovered. And I offer them these interviews as um, examples of people who are who've taken that leap, right? Who've, who've gone ahead and and pursued a dream. And so, if you wouldn't mind, if you could share an advice or two, uh, uh, given that you've done this yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, would you mind giving them an advice or two? Yeah, I, I, based on my experience, I mean, changing. Changing a career, like change, changing your to another job, is 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 a little different than starting your own business. Um, but there are things that cross over. One, I would do my research, um, really look into the financials, your stability, the risk you're taking, leaving if you're taking a pay cut, or if you're starting your own business, really want to try to get that up and running while you're still working your job, so you still have income. Um, it won't be as stressful, and when it gets to the point where it's that busy, usually you'll you'll be stable enough to know if you know, I, I can leave. Um, I would number two, I would really save as much as I c- can to to um, take some of the stress out the first few years. The first few years are the most difficult, and many businesses fail. Um, so if you're going to start your own business, really, really have that set and make sure you have everything in order before you go because it, it, I can see how stressful it can be. Um, uh, that, that if you're going to switch careers, you, know, you really got to look at what's going to make you happy. And the, you know, the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, you know, it's... it's so you may not be happy even in that career, but you want to, you know, really think about it long and hard. And the other thing I'll say is money is overrated. I mean, I think money is essential. Don't get me wrong. And you definitely need it. But the amount of income that we gave up, Emma and I together, we're definitely happier today, even though we don't have a lot of money, disposable income. And that that's a wake up call because you're always like you're going okay I need this and once I get that and then I'll be you know I used to tell guys who were telling me not to leave I say life's too short you know I I know I'm very unhappy you know you're gonna stay at a job I mean luckily I only had 20 years to do but some of my friends are miserable in their jobs and they haven't they're in their mid 40s they still have another 20 years to go in misery. And is that really the goal in, in our lives is just to be miserable, work for the weekend on your two weeks vacation, and then retire at 65 and then die 10 years later or, or hopefully longer. But you know, is that really the goal or can you get by on less? You know, and I sacrificed a lot of things that I loved to do where I, be where I am, but I think overall I'm, I'm happier. Although I have some bad days, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's, it's not all... Rainbows and sunshine, of course, but um, yeah, that, that those are my that's my core advice for the for people. Take it slow and don't rush into anything. Definitely, it took me a year. Take it slow, don't rush into anything. I took it that's me a year, great. Yeah. That's brilliant. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Shane. I absolutely love this conversation with you. And I, I'm sure it's going to be inspiring to a lot of people who watch it and read your story. So thank you so much for sparing us, um, you know, your morning. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. I, I had a lot of fun. My key takeaway from that conversation is the importance of preparation. Now, Shane was talking about preparation in the context of starting a business, but really, whenever we are looking to make a change in our career, in our lives, you know, preparation is key. Weighing the ramifications, making sure that we understand the ramifications of our decisions so that we could fully embrace the sacrifices that we may have to make in order to achieve the thing that we want to achieve. So that's my key takeaway. What about you? What's your takeaway? You can send me an email, lou at secondbreaks.com, or you can head on over at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode five and leave a comment there and let's start a conversation, okay? Now, with respect to the podcast, it is extremely important for me that uh, you leave a rating and review and if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, because that is one way that we can get the show in front of the people who really could use the information, right? The people who are looking to make a change in their careers, to improve their careers. This is your rating, your review, your subscription on iTunes will help get the show in front of those people. So I would really appreciate it if you head on over to iTunes and do that. Thank you so much. Now, next week, my guest is Melissa Dinwiddie, my favorite creativity expert. And we are talking about everything creativity and how to bring in creativity in our work life. And so, see, that's one more reason why you want to subscribe to iTunes so that you don't have to uh, remember to download the episode. It'll just automatically show up in your device. So with that, I am signing off. I hope to talk to you next week. Keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 